Hello world, and welcome to a series of unfortunate sequels where we explore the highs and the lows of cinema's most enduring franchises. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And today we are talking about IMDb's highest rated movie in the Cheetah Girls franchise, which is, for some reason, the Cheetah Girls 2. Yes, uh, this is going to be an interesting one because <laughs> the highest rated is 2 and the lowest rated is 3 which means we're going to have finished this franchise having no idea where it all started or what this is all building on top of. Yeah, um, John's familiarity with the Cheetah Girls franchise was him going, what's that about? When I asked him if he wanted to do it as a Cheetah Girls. <laughs> That's like our next uh, episode. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was not what I was envisioning in my head. Really? What were you thinking? I don't know, like an Animorphs type situation? Oh, I told you it was about a, like a singing band, like a band. Well, yeah, you did tell me about that after. Oh. Now I know. Okay, so when you like first heard Cheetah Girls, you were like, oh, it's like Animorphs. Yeah, people turn into cheetahs. Mm. That would have been better. It probably would have yeah. been better. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was pretty familiar with this franchise, although I'd never seen any of the movies. At the time, this movie came out in 2006. The first one came out in 2004, did we say? Three. I think Three. Why do I keep thinking it's four? Anyway, in 2003, I was definitely watching Disney Channel at the time. And I I did have a brief period was I was watching every decom that came out, definitely. But I think I was kind of starting to fall off at this point. That's the only thing I can assume as to why I didn't watch it. Because I loved Raven Simone, and she's in it. And I, I watched that So Raven all the time. But I, I would see commercials for it and just wasn't interested. However, I have learned about myself. I don't really like stories involving bands or musicians. Oh. Oh. I don't know why. Books, movies, TV shows. I, I don't find it interesting. We didn't have to watch this franchise. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just... <laughs> I'm trying... <laughs> I thought it would be fun to do for the podcast. I'm just mm. saying that's probably why I didn't mm. watch it at that time. At the time. Anyway, Cheetah Girls 2, as I said, 2006, it has five stars on IMDb. Not much higher than the first one. I'm very curious now. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I have a curiosity too, but it will never be sated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the first one one day because um, I'll randomly just watch a, a decom. But anyway, this movie starts out with the Cheetah Girls performing at their graduation. There's a lot of just like very fast talking in the beginning that I think would have made more sense to us if we had any idea who any of these fucking people were, but I didn't. Yeah. It's like, yeah, everybody, welcome back, the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> like, yeah, the Cheetah Girls. That's the non-anamorph real people band. <laughs> cool. Oh, there's Raven. I know her. <laughs> Another thing that could have been an anamorph potentially, and and wasn't. <laughs> John, she's not Raven in this. Anyway, they kind of like briefly mentioned that they're all going to be going to NYU, I think. But first, summer, and they kind of all seem to have different summer plans. But I don't know. The main character, Galleria, uh, who is played by Raven Simone, wants them all to rehearse. I don't know. It's all just happening so fucking quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, one thing I noticed about this opening scene is, well, first of all, I will say I, I looked up afterwards because, again, I didn't really have a familiarity. So I thought maybe like the actors weren't like the people that were singing on the soundtrack. Like maybe they had other people singing because mm. um, it, it sounded 
at least in this opening number, maybe not as much later, but they sounded like much older voices, I feel like, than than oh. they look like. Um, but it was them. They just have really adult-sounding voices. It was. I mean, they're borderline adult. I mean, they're like adults. Yeah, but even like, <laughs> I feel like even the the Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera kind of early on like had a very specific tone. Like these ones oh. just, I don't know, they just sounded older. Well, I, I would never notice something like that. I mean, like I can maybe recognize like a very young child singer and be like, that sounds like a child. But other than that, I don't know. They were lip syncing though. <laughs> oh, they're painfully lip syncing this whole movie. I mean, I I guess you always know they're lip syncing, but sometimes I I just rewatch Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and I feel like that blended together much better generally. Yeah. I Even don't High know. School Musical, like I mean, some of some them of were it. better than others, but like <laughs> yeah. some of it never took me out of it. This one was the end in particular of this one, <laughs> which we'll get into hilariously. This is Ashley Tisdale level lip syncing. Kudos if you remember that. Anyway. <laughs> Ashley Simpson. Oh, God. Did I say Ashley <laughs> Too much high school musical talk. <laughs> we were talking about high school musical. I couldn't stop. Okay. Anyway, uh, Galleria's mom, Dorothea, is involved. I later find out she's the manager. She wants Galleria to spend time with family, though, and... Chi-Chi, I wrote down, because they called her Chi-Chi. Her name's Chanel, but sometimes they call her Chi-Chi. She honestly felt more like the main character, but whatever. (laughs) Um, She has to go to Barcelona with her mom. Her mom is going there to uh, kind of... She wants Chi-Chi to meet her boyfriend, Luke, is kind of what it is. So they're going to be going there for a month, and Galleria and Chanel are very disappointed about this because they wanted to spend their summer together, but now they can't. Now, had they never met before? I thought they were just going to, like meet his family oh maybe his family yeah probably that would have been weird if she had never because they've been together for a while they said i guess so yeah yeah i guess yeah they just want to meet luke's family whatever but they have to go to barcelona for it (laughs) she has it rough oh my god and they get there i hate this girl like i'm so (laughs) mad at her for her bitching anyway the uh, Chanel wants that she just get to go too. She kind of runs it by her mom, but she's like, no. So they're all kind of hanging out one night and they see a shooting star. Somehow it takes them like 10 seconds to get to the window as the shooting star flies by at warp speed, but yeah. they all manage to see it. There's a lot of weird things on this scene. I, I like so the, I like that the parents didn't budge with the like, hey, I know that Luke was going to fly us out to stay at his house, but can he also fly out everyone else in the band and their families to all stay uh, at the house? And when the mom was like, no, that's kind of rude. They were genuinely surprised. <laughs> and then later when they were talking about it, she's like, I don't know, guys. I tried everything. My mom won't, but. It's <laughs> such a teenager mindset. Like, no, not even to shade at teenagers. I was like that too, absolutely, but. Anyway, they all wish to go to Barcelona and a wind blows through and flips open a magazine to like some kind of music festival for quote undiscovered musicians or something like that. I'm going to be honest, when the wind blew and then the magazine flipped to that page, I got a definite Final Destination vibe. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, what's going to happen on the plane to the <laughs> Barcelona trip? Waiting for that green screen to pop up. Yeah, leave it to a Disney movie, you know, like even even a tiny, like a, I don't know, like a, a just a normal ass movie about a band has to have some kind of magic in it or whatever. 
Anyway, they've missed the, the deadline. So in the morning, they call to sing over the phone, even though they've missed the deadline. They sing like two bars. Yeah. And then, then the, it just works. That's fine. Yeah, okay, you're in. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come all the way to Spain. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. So, okay. So the girls can go if... Dorothea, which is Galleria's mom, also goes. Uh, I do like, by the way, that they're kind of close to their parents, and parents are a big part of their lives in this. Not for all of them, but... (laughs) So in Spain, after exploring their eating and see, like, this pretty boy playing guitar... I don't think they've gotten to the villa yet, right? No. Okay, so we have to bitch about that. Uh, yeah, I don't think they... I don't think they got there. No, they haven't, because that's next in my notes. But yeah, I, just I do have boy. this young man written down as Boy Salona. Yeah, John said it while we were sitting there. Boy Salona. Boy Salona. That's going to be his name now. So Boy Thank Salona. He, boy Salona is just going to pop up every once in a while. He's just a pretty boy with the guitar and cute curly hair. He starts singing. The cheetahs join him and they dance and sing around Barcelona. They really needed to pad the movie. They did a bit. I will say one thing I like about it is... It doesn't do that thing where most musicals do, where people start singing and dancing around town and then other people start joining them and singing and dancing. (laughs) As they're singing and dancing around town, everyone just turns around and starts staring at them, (laughs) which is very believable. Yeah. I mean, most of them are like smiling or look pleased, but we noticed when they first started singing, there was like an extra behind, I think, Chanel, who just like started staring at her, like... (laughs) It just looked like he didn't know he was in a movie. Yeah, like that was an extra who just happened to be on the set that they were filming on and they just didn't tell him. Yeah, so after that scene that was completely pointless, they go to this giant villa that they're staying in. Luke is apparently rich as fuck and Chanel is completely unimpressed by this like stunning, stunning location they're going to be staying in. Yeah, and I will say... (laughs) All of a sudden, I feel like the the mom being like, no, 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 no. It would be rude to Mm. have another three people in this house. They they can't possibly have the room for that. After seeing this, like, sprawling villa (laughs) that they own, like, no, fuck that. You won't even notice that there's an extra three people here. Yeah, I think people, like, like, people who work there live there. Like, it's like that kind of situation. So the next day, the cheetahs go to the festival registration, but they are told they need to do a proper audition by the guy who runs the festival. I don't know his name. He's Boy Salona's uncle. We can call him Man Salona. Mm. Okay. So Man Salona tells them they need to audition. They sing the exact same song that they sang over the phone and for an extra like four seconds. And he's like, you're in. Yeah. I don't know why this, this also seemed pointless. It didn't. There wasn't really any period of tension there. No. No, and there wasn't like an extra musical number. I feel like they could have taken out them dancing around Barcelona to them having an actual audition scene instead. Yeah. and That maybe was tense. I Yeah, because that would have given us a chance to see more musical acts too because we don't get to see a lot of other ones. <laughs> having not seen the first one, I am almost positive that the song that they sang over the phone and on stage for this had to have been some sort of like capstone song that they wrote at the end of the first one because it was all about being friends forever Mm -hmm. and i just know that that's what the entire first movie (laughs) built up to yeah it definitely felt like it so later galleria wants to practice when some guy luke's assistant 
or Luke's somebody, some the dancing boy. Yeah, some intern. Oh, intern, right. He arrives to tell them they're going to perform at a place called the Dancing Cat. He says, like, all of the festival people perform there at some point. Uh, he's a dancer and is going to make up, or make up, kind of, going to meet up with Dorinda, who's their choreographer, I guess, to, like, practice dancing and choreography together, whatever. This whole side plot is just the most boring, pointless. Yeah, and, and bonkers. This This bonkers. was one of several side plots where they were like, well, there's no drama. I bet we could just invent some for no reason that's real weird and awkward. Like, yeah, sure. And that lasts like three minutes. Like, it doesn't um, it affect the movie at all. It's yeah, even a little bit. Very his, strange. His name is Joaquin. By oh, the way. Joaquin! Right, I did write his name down later. I he forgot. is a count. They make a mm. a you know a, a big point of mentioning, and it'll come up later. Kind of. Kind of. I I actually didn't catch it the first time. I just caught it later when they were talking about it. So later they're all shopping, or not shop, like Dorothea, Galleria, and uh, Aqua, who is one of the other cheetah girls that's um, useless. Uh, they're all... Hey, she's super into toast. <laughs> she smuggles toast like she's a tomato person. And she speaks Spanish, quote unquote. She, I think she's like the really smart one, right? But she really has like no... She has no plots in this or anything like that. Anyway, they run into this guy named Randolph who brings them to see Aramant. I don't know. She designs clothes. I think Dorothea <laughs> is also a fashion designer. What? This was some sort this again, having not seen the first one, this seems like one of those like tearful uh reunited scenes where they're like, Oh my god, oh it's you, oh it's you and no idea who any of these people are. The thing now that I'm thinking about it, though, I actually don't think it was like I don't think it might have been in the first one because it was like straight at a 1980 something. It's I, I found Galleria for you, so it seemed like they hadn't seen each other since the 80s. But oh. I have no idea. Yeah, Galleria they skipped a lot of introductions. <laughs> it's all very quick. This is just now that I've seen the whole movie. Uh, this is just to keep Dorothea in Barcelona because this is like she has dreams of being a fashion designer and now she's working with like a really famous fashion designer. So I think it's just supposed to be like a big uh, opportunity for her. And to manufacture a distraction for Aqua because yes. all of the cheetah girls need some sort of completely manufactured conflict. <laughs> it's true. Ellery doesn't give a single fuck. She just wants to rehearse. At the dance studio, Dorinda is dancing with uh, jo Joaquin. Joaquin. It's very boring. I started talking to John during it. It she was like really did. it was like that that um, scene Vanessa Hudgens has in High School Musical. Remember that like long sad song she has? That's kind of what it felt like to me. It the energy that you were giving off was the same exact energy you give off anytime there's a fight, a fight scene, scene. <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> It's like, just like just eyes straight glazed <laughs> over <laughs> not paying attention i found this more boring than a fight scene and it I was could, more boring it was i and mean it I went guess... on forever every time we thought it was yeah. over like five times We're like okay finally it's over and then the music would start up again like okay maybe it's over for this time but then the beat would start up oh, like, oh my, my god. god it took forever for this song to end i can like a good dance scene just like i can enjoy a good fight scene but it was just like not that thrilling. And I didn't care about either of the characters. I think even if I saw the first one, I wouldn't care about Joaquin that much. Anyway, Dorinda runs out after the song ends for the third time. 
I, I don't know why she just runs away. It makes no sense. So at night, they're at the Dancing Cat. It's a pretty hype club. There's a lot of like people screaming like there's famous people there, which makes no sense because there are no famous people there. But whatever. None. Uh, we see a solo singer perform. We'll later find out that her name is Marisol and she is wearing the worst pants. Uh, excuse, excuse you. She has the best outfit on. <laughs> the bottom half of her outfit is straight up. Like JRPG protagonist, <laughs> if you look up a picture of Titus from Final Fantasy X, those pants kind of specifically, and her top half is like a stage magician. <laughs> I mean, all the outfits in this, so good. <laughs> They're so good. Just pure, beautiful, early 2000s, over-the-top decom hype. But her pants were half shorts, half pants. One leg was in denim shorts, and the other was in pants. I'd, and I I'd hated rock it. that look still. I really hated it. Well, you do wear those hiking pants that turn into shorts. Because they're cool. <laughs> uh, the cheetahs don't really want to perform after her. They seem a little intimidated. They don't have like a performance set up or anything, so they just aren't going to perform. The uh, boy Salona performs next, but he just plays the guitar for a song. So Chanel and that other singer Marisol... They recognize it as like a Spanish lullaby that they know. So they both sing it together and everyone at the club loves it. Yeah, they lose their shit over this lullaby. Yeah, it, I mean, it's very pretty and they do sing very well together. So Marisol's mother, Lola, meets them after. She says that it's really hard to win and she can open some doors for them with parties. I have no idea. Yeah, she was definitely like, oh, I'll introduce you to all the right people. You'll be at all the right parties. Be like, it's a festival. What? It's, but yeah, and it's it's also mentioned that her her daughter Marcella, like she has lost the past two or three years that she's competed. So mm-hmm. clearly, whatever people and clubs you know aren't the right ones to secure <laughs> a win. So yes, we do find a malicious intent in the next scene. Marisol and Lola are walking together, and Lola says that. Uh, Marisol can't win on her own, but she if she partners up with Chanel, if they get Chanel away from the Cheetah Girls and they perform together, that maybe they'd actually have a chance at winning. At another day, the Cheetahs and Dorothea... Dorothea is, like, a little apprehensive about this Lola woman. Like, why is she just offering to help you for no reason? Rightfully so. Anyway, they all meet them at a party. At just a, a completely useless scene. Again, um, Dorothea... Dorinda meets up with that guy, Joaquin, again. They have a conversation about, I don't remember what, because it was so boring. How complicated both their pasts are. Right. It's complicated. It is complicated. That's all we get. It really is. Like, maybe we'll talk about it later. It's just too complicated right now. And that's it. And Galleria, like, oh, Galleria does kind of end up, like, by herself. The others all kind of, like run off and and pair off with people and chanel runs off with marisol uh so later gallery is trying to rehearse and they we find out they've only been rehearsing for 30 minutes and they're all tired and don't want to do it anymore do they want to be singers like i don't understand they never want to rehearse like i i get this can happen a lot of the times but they seem like they've been doing this for a while already they want they're at this big festival in barcelona don't you want to win they have six days yeah and they haven't picked a song yet yeah and like Galleria is also busy writing a unique song, that, a song that they're going to be performing. So they've never even heard the song they're going to perform because she's still writing. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Chanel mentions that Marisol had maybe recommended they sing something in Spanish. This is kind of like Marisol's little way of hinting, um, trying to break them up, I guess, a little bit, because Gallery is like, we don't speak Spanish, and she feels kind of bad that the suggestion was made, especially as she's writing an original <laughs> song that they refuse to listen to. So the Cheetahs all end up kind of wandering off and doing their own thing, leaving Galleria to practice by herself all night, apparently, and she finishes the song. So there's a confrontation with um, Chanel and Mar- Marcella? Marcella? Marisol. Marisol. So mm-hmm. close. Uh, where, you know, they they go outside and the two of them are singing together. Yeah, that, yeah that's the next day. I liked some quotes from it. Uh, gallery, gallery is a little upset that, you know, they're practicing a different song in Spanish mm-hmm. and they still haven't even been practicing their own set at all. And it's like, you know, we you really need to, like, practice here. Like, we need to get our shit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chanel's just kind of like, oh, you're, you're jealous, whatever. We'll get to it later. <laughs> and Gallery was like, don't you remember? Don't you remember the promise we made? Which... No, I'm sure it happened in the first movie. I have no memory. I don't. And then Chanel said, Ugh, here you go again. Like, just like that time. Again? I, <laughs> I, I don't have the context to understand the full emotional weight of this scene, but here she goes again. Some residual anger from the first movie, maybe. We don't really know what the uh, dilemmas in that was. Uh, so the best scene of the movie happens next when Dorinda goes to meet Joaquin for lunch, and there's the most forced drama I've ever seen. So he, it, Joaquin comes in, like, in a suit. I don't know where he works or what he does, and a bunch of other people in suits are there. So he's like, oh, no, friends, you must go, leave, and he pushes them all out. So Dorinda's like, you don't want your friends to see me in my jeans or something like that. Yeah, it was wild. Like, he had called her and invited her out to lunch. And, you know, it's kind of, it looked like he was just getting off of work and was like, okay, I'm going to go take on my lunch break. I'll see you guys later. That's kind of the feel that I got from it. Yeah. She's like, you're like ashamed of me. You don't want to introduce me to your friends. We're just from two different worlds. Yes. It could never work out. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) No, like, let's talk about it. She's like, no, there's nothing to say. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of cliche lines. <laughs> Escalated fast. <laughs> so fast. It was super weird. So later, Galleria is talking to her mom and says that she wants to go home. She's shockingly mature about, uh, you know, Chanel's relationship with Marisol. She's like, you know, they have bonded they speak spanish together chanel's worried that she's going to have to move to barcelona if her mother marries luke so gallery is like i think that marisol could help her like ease into the move here they seem to be clicking the cheetahs are not focused on rehearsal at all because her mom asked her like do you think that you guys could win this and she was like no we're not practicing they haven't even picked a song i'm gonna go home like (laughs) She was kind of like, it was a good call, and I completely agree with her. She says that her mom should stay because she's, you know, doing the graphic graphic design, um, fashion design stuff. She's going to meet up with her dad in Paris. I think they mentioned a couple times that her dad's in Hong Kong. He's flying home, has a layover in Paris. She's going to take a train to Paris and then fly home with him. Blah. <laughs> I do love that the core conflict of this movie is other people in the cheetahs finding things that they're like really passionate about and that make them happy. <laughs> like 
there's like oh man like I like Aqua finds this like love for costume design mm. and like finds a mentor and like someone she's looked up to for forever and uh Dorinda has like you know obviously very passionate about dance she told that guy in her weird blow up like you do dance as a hobby dance is my life oh, but she's so like funny. she had found like a, a guy who like also likes dancing and he had also let her lead some hip-hop classes at his studio so she was really starting to engage with apparently something that is her life mm-hmm. uh and chi chi had uh you know found someone who you know actually spoke her language and shared passions and it was so weird that like all of these things that were making them so happy was like the core conflict of this movie. Well, um, I don't completely agree. I think that this is all stuff that they already had in mind. I think that um, I forget everyone's name now. I think that Aqua already was the designer for them, and I think that Dorinda was already their choreographer. I think that though the conflict is that they're not dedicating time to the group anymore. They're dedicating time to their solo projects and not balancing the act of, you know, you're part of a team and we agree to do this together. And also you can have your own hobbies and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Because they, they did all go to Barcelona to do this festival. It's true. You know, Although and you have also... to practice for that. You have to rehearse for that. That's hard. And they all are just completely blowing it off. So I think it's them... I don't know, like, if they didn't want to be in the Cheetah Girls anymore, then that's a whole other thing you got to think about. But it does seem like they still want to be in the group. They just kind of lost focus. Yeah. It's tough, too, because they're also experiencing a lot of, like, things that they can't do yeah. in New York. Like, yeah. there's, you know, the the designer that is exclusively in Barcelona mm-hmm. that it's also established that Aqua, like, had a lot of her clothes and was like, oh, my God, I can't, you're the person that makes these. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. definitely agree that there's a lot of opportunities here. But um, I don't know. Maybe the movie just didn't portray it well. Because from what we've seen and heard, they only rehearse for 30 minutes. There's 24 hours in a day, you know, so they could be balancing their time a little bit more. But boys. That's true. But boys. <laughs> <laughs> but boys. <laughs> So that night, the rest of the cheetahs are upset to learn that Galleria is leaving. Chanel wants to talk to her, but she's asleep. So they all sing a sad song at the same time, but apart. This also had vibes of that high school musical number. It absolutely did. It was very boring. It's that treehouse song. Oh my god, the treehouse song. I forgot about that. So in the morning, Chanel goes to talk to Galleria, but she's already gone. She did leave the song that she had written, though. So they all go to the train station in their pajamas and sing her the song, and all is forgiven. I did love this scene, though, because Galleria is, like, standing there waiting for her train, and she hears them, like, start singing. And Cheetah is in the first few lines yeah. of the song, and she looks, like, really confused, and then, like, just kind of shrugs it off. And I'm like, who, bitch, who the fuck do you think it is? Right? Man. This this train station radio is playing some Cheetah Girls music. <laughs> that we haven't recorded. Odd, but I'm not going to give it a second thought. <laughs> so Lola is pretty disappointed that the Cheetah Girls are all back together, although she keeps that to herself, kind of. She does say that she set up a warm-up gig for them at the Dancing Cat. Seems like a trap, but it probably won't be. No, it's probably fine. So at this point, Chanel overhears her mom talking to Dorothea, just kind of being like, you know, I don't I don't know why Luke's not proposing to me. We're really, really in love. I wonder if, like, he can tell that my daughter hates his guts. 
<laughs> so Chanel feels really bad, so she goes to Luke and apologizes to him, and then he proposes to her mother. Awkwardly. Yes, and Dorinda and Joaquin... Oh, I just wrote Dorinda and Joaquin. I apparently figured I was going to know. I guess they, they also make up, They too. sync up. Joaquin's like, by the way, yeah, I'm a count, but I'm poor. Like, my family has no money. It's just like a title. <laughs> like, it's, it's not even my... It's like, it's not my studio. I just, like, take care of it for Luke. Like, Luke owns it. <laughs> Which she would have figured out if she had stayed for 35 seconds beyond, dancing's my life. <laughs> It'll never work. So the cheetahs perform at the Dancing Cat. It goes well, and they all get paid a little bit of money for it at the end, which, oh no, the next day at the dress rehearsal, the festival owner, Mansalona, <laughs> says that they can't perform because since they've gotten paid for a gig, they are now considered professionals, and this festival is for undiscovered amateurs only. Underhanded. I agree. Uh, so Lola says that if Marisol performs with them, they technically won't be the Cheetah Girls anymore, so they could still perform. But the only people who kind of know a song together are Chanel and Marisol, so they agree to sing a song together. So that way, someone in the Cheetah Girls will be representing them. Hmm. I did like how he was such a such a stickler for the rules, <laughs> given that the only reason the Cheetah Girls were even able to perform is after completely missing mm. the deadline for the sign-up to this competition. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So Dorothea blames Lola for this, but they don't really have any proof of anything. Luke also announces here that they're going to live in New York City and not in his beautiful Barcelona villa. And uh, uh, Chanel's very happy about this, and John and I were extremely disappointed. Yeah, this that was... That was the saddest ending this movie could have had. (laughs) Why do you want to be here, dude? Anyway, I mean, they're rich wherever they are, so they're not going to have problems literally wherever they are. Yeah, they'll be able to afford their own studio apartment in New York. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Healthcare, who cares? Anyway, that night they give the money back to the club owner, just kind of saying it's the principle of the thing. I don't know what that means. Boisalona does see this, and the next day the festival leader is like, oh, my nephew has proof that Lola, you arranged for them to get paid to cheat. Bah, bah, bah. Yes, so now the cheetahs can perform again. There's a big reveal here, because at this point we didn't actually know that Boisalona was Mansalona's uh, nephew. Oh, yeah. So he's just like, mm. my nephew has proof that it was you that did this. <laughs> and she's like, oh, who's your nephew? And right on cue, you hear the strumming of a guitar <laughs> and the camera pans to Boy Salona on a <laughs> on a little patio, like overhang. On the, um, yeah, like the balcony. The balcony, yeah. Like, uh, it's so it is me. <laughs> you know, his dramatic ass was just standing there with his guitar waiting for someone to be. It reminded me of Arrested Development when the magician waited for someone to say wonder. Did somebody say <laughs> wonder? wonder? <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Okay, so at the festival, Marisol is given a big entrance, but she decides she's going to hang back and eat some churros instead. She kind of is like, fuck off, mom. That was a real shitty thing to do. And yeah, I will say the way she is introduced is wild to me. It's like, it's the person you've all been waiting for, Barcelona's own darling, Maricela. Marisol. Mar- God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know. Marisol. Marisol. And the crowd goes wild. They fucking love her. They fucking love her. Who the hell was competing the past two years that beat this girl out? I think it's just because, like, she's the local talent, whereas maybe people come, you know, from all over country, other countries and stuff to perform in the festival. And maybe they're just better than she is, you know? But being a local, they love her. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. she was going to lose this one, too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so the cheetahs perform. It starts out pretty cool. It's like, you know, uh, a little dramatic. Their costumes are incredible. Love them so much. They're really highlighting their talent. Then the they call Marisol on stage, and then the music starts looping in a way that you're like, mm, are you still performing this? And then they just completely gave up on lip syncing on the words. And then they lead a like a conga line off stage and then the credits roll and that's the end of the fucking movie. Who won the festival? You have no idea who won the festival. Who else performed in the festival? We only saw one other person perform. Just one dude by himself. I like to think that this festival had that dude, Marisol, <laughs> and that was it. And then when... The cheetah girls called and they were like, uh, we'd like to sign up. They were like, oh, thank God, but we got to play it cool. We got to play it cool. <laughs> that would make sense. Why no matter what they sing, we'll say they're in. And then they start singing like, you're in, you're in. <laughs> Suddenly the two bars of music make so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, the, the ending was very abrupt and weird. It was kind of disappointing because it was the first musical number that I was actually really enjoying. And it just made no sense how the music kept looping and they were like getting everyone together to dance. I really wish it had just been a Cheetah Girls performance and then it ended and that's it. Yeah, it was very, for a second half of the movie that was focused so much on, now we're really going to get to work now and take this seriously so that we can win this competition. Mm -hmm. Very, very little focus put on the winning of the competition. (laughs) Or the competition aspect of the competition yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, aside from Marisol, we don't really get any sense that there is even a competition happening. I would have liked to have seen more, perf- not even more performances if they didn't want to go through the trouble of doing that, but at least see more performers like rehearsing and getting their costumes together, just being there. So it actually felt like a com- competitive event. Yeah, this felt like if you were to watch Bring It On... And then the movie ended with a freeze frame of one of the cheerleaders doing a really impressive flip at the end of their routine. And you just never get to see who fucking wins that cheer competition. (laughs) That's exactly what it felt like. So how did you feel about Cheetah Girls 2? I would give Cheetah Girls 2 four girls (laughs) and minus four cheetahs. Okay. But maybe plus like... I don't know, plus 20 or 30 cheetah patterned <laughs> set pieces because, man, they they go all in with their name. They've all got cheetah pajamas. They've got cheetah luggage. They've got cheetah clothes. They're, they're all in. Mm-hmm. And I would add, uh, I would add Angel, who is Boy Salona. Boy Salona, yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. And I would subtract just... A lot of potential animorphs because I feel like <laughs> it's gonna it has so much potential. 
So, so John's rating for the Cheetah Girls is, why aren't they Animorphs? Zero out of ten. Not a single Animorph. <laughs> I would give Cheetah Girls two. Um, ten Raven Simones, because I fucking love her. I'd also give it a few Chanel's, because I liked Chanel as well. I'll subtract a Dorinda. I didn't really get her. She although she looked exactly like Hilary Duff, and I'm really disappointed Disney never had, like, a movie where Hilary Duff and this woman who played Dorinda played, like, sisters or something in something. Duffinda. <laughs> Dorinda. Ew. Why did that sound so gross? I'll also give it an angel, and I'll give it, like... 10 points for that curly hair. He had great hair. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to subtract New York City. <laughs> I'm also going to subtract that horrible hat brim that Raven wore at the very end of the movie. That wasn't a hat. It was just like the brim of a hat that went across her forehead. And you could see her eyebrow through it. And it just made me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. It was a cool idea in theory, and I think when she walked out and it was just like flat and it looked like it was an actual hat with her hair coming out of it, I dug that look a lot. But then when she started dancing a lot, Mm -hmm. it kind of tilted and like half of her forehead was poking out the Mm -hmm, top of mm -hmm. it and then it it did look less cool. Yes. So that's my rating. Overall, I'm just kind of a little disappointed, but I'm a little curious about how the first one was and maybe that was a, a more fun decom and just kind of like a simpler idea of these girls getting together to form a, you know, a music group together. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I think it was maybe really made me remember why I had kind of stopped watching DCOMs around that time. Cause I, I did used to really love them. And then I kind of started to fall off. I was feeling a little too old for them in a way. And also at the time I was denying my love for pop music because I was too goth. Oh, I see. Hmm. Well, I'm excited to watch the third one and see how they justify not having Simone anymore. Yes, yes. Join us next week for Mm. that amazing adventure of the Cheetah Girls 3, the one without Raven Simone. Which is the title, weirdly enough. Yes. (laughs) Well, until next time, watch the best. And save the rest for us. Cheetah Amiga. You don't remember the rest? <laughs> <laughs>